This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. You may be seated again. Thank you so much for being here and for worshiping with us this morning. I want to start with a question. We have kind of said this, this is back to church Sunday, but we've really kind of more labeled it, you belong here Sunday. And I'm going to ask you this question, and it's not uh, anything that's tricky, but it's real simple. Where do you belong? Pretty much everybody in this room would probably have a couple different places that you would say, I feel comfortable and I belong here. I would hope your home might be one of those. Maybe it's your home. Maybe, it's, maybe you enjoy going to work. It might be a place of employment. Maybe it's uh, going outside on a hike or enjoying the wilderness, enjoying the nature. Maybe it's a sports field or a court. But we all have a place that we would say we feel that we belong, that we are confident in, we are comfortable in, and that we would just say, no, I really, truly, this is, this is like home to me. For me, I have a few of those things, those places that I would say I, I would feel comfortable, I feel like I would belong there. One of them would be my home. I love being at home. I love being around my family. So maybe it's not even my home. Maybe it's my parents or one of my, my sister's home. Just being able to be around family, to enjoy that company. It's a place for me, and I hope this comes off in the right manner, I'm able to just be Aaron. When I'm at home, I'm not pastor. I'm dad. I'm husband. When I'm with my family, I'm a son. I am a brother. I am not pastor. And I, don't, I love what I do, so I love what I get to do, but it's nice sometimes to just be able to be Aaron. I love that. I love going outside. I love taking a walk, taking a hike. I've recently, for about the last six weeks or so, I've really enjoyed going on a jog. In the morning, I've been taking a two, three-mile jog around where I live, and it's nice to see the sun come up over the mountains and to look out. and to, I've enjoyed that. I have found kind of a, a comfort, if you will, just enjoying that. I enjoy being outside. Maybe for me it would be a ball field. Coaching. These are places that I'm comfortable. That I would say, I just belong. There's no worries when I'm there. So this morning, you are here... Maybe you didn't even know you were here on Back to Church Sunday or You Belong Here Sunday and some of you are sitting here going, well, um, I'm not so sure. So if we were to be honest, some of you are like, this is the first time I've ever walked through these doors and you're, you, you know, there's nice people, you've shaken our hands, you've asked me my name, but if I were to just be real honest, this is the first time I've been here and anytime the first time you go somewhere, you have a little bit of a hesitancy because that's just within our nature. And that's okay. We welcome you. Hopefully you feel welcomed enough that you would come back again. But as we go through these next several weeks, we're going to look at some of that, the feelings around where we belong. But today, starting this series, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus has been performing miracles. He has been a part of seeing large crowds gather. They become bigger and bigger and bigger, it seemed, everywhere that he went. And it says in Matthew chapter 9 that he was, he, 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 I don't know if he stopped, I don't know if he was in the middle of walking, and as he just kind of looked around him, he just saw the mass of people, the crowds that were gathering. But it says that he was moved with compassion. It says that Jesus was moved 
with compassion. It says that he looked out at the people as though they were sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was looking out at them. And Jesus himself was broken. His compassion was was almost, it hurt him personally because he was seeing their pain. He was seeing their agony. He was seeing the loneliness that they had. He sees, think about this, he was seeing that they were looking for a place to belong, but they were just meandering about every day doing things. I would say that we do a lot of that every single day in our own lives. The series is important. And this question is as well, where do I belong? Because of this, Jesus was broken. Jesus was moved with compassion. Because why? There were people aimlessly wondering, uncertain of where to be or what to be doing. And I would say this, more than ever in our society, people are looking for a place to belong. People are looking for acceptance. Just go online if you think I'm crazy. People are looking for acceptance. We are all longing to be accepted. We're longing to fit in somewhere. And so we do so many different things so that we would just belong. And I believe it's this, and we'll look at this not so much this morning, a little bit this morning, but we'll look at this through the course of the series, is that God wired us in such a manner that we desire to belong. We desire to have friendships. It is healthy for you to have friendships. Did you know that if you have good social interactions, you live longer? I didn't take the quote and put it into my sermon, but if you live an unhealthy lifestyle, if you live an unhealthy lifestyle, you eat unhealthy, drink, smoke, do all the things that we probably physically should not do for our bodies because they're unhealthy for us, but yet you have a good social surrounding. You have good people that you are socially around. Do you know you will still live longer than those that have all of those unhealthy habits with no social surrounding? Because we are built and created to have that. Now, obviously within that research, they said, But the best way to do it is to live a healthy lifestyle and have social interaction. We are created in such a manner that we would have that social interaction. See, in our creation, we're going to look over the next couple weeks at why you belong here. Yes, I believe Oasis is an awesome place. I believe that I could say, hey, you belong at Oasis. Every person belongs at Oasis. The reality is there's lots of churches and there's lots of places that you might belong and fit in a little bit better for you personally. I get that. I'm aware of that. But here's here's what today is more about than just you belong at Oasis. You belong in a relationship with Jesus Christ. For that is the greatest and most important thing that I or anybody could ever offer you is the free gift of Jesus Christ's redemption that is given freely to all mankind. And that, this morning, is what we're going to look at. That we would see the compassion of a loving God. That we would see our condition in our hearts and that as God is calling us, is pulling us, that we would see the cross which He is calling us to. I want to ask you this morning... 
Whether you know Christ as your Savior and you've been a believer for a long time or maybe this is the first time you've stepped into church ever and you're just seeking, you're searching for something. I want to ask you this. In Psalms, God's, God's Word tells us in Psalms 119, I forget the exact verse, but it says that we would incline our hearts. God, would you incline my heart to you? I'm going to ask you this morning, as we dive into God's Word and as we begin to kick off this series, I want to ask you this. Would you ask the Lord, God, would you speak to me that my heart would be in tune with you? That my heart would be in tune with the Word of God? And that I would be willing to just listen and hear what you have for me this morning. We'll be in Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start in verse number 36 this morning. Matthew chapter 9 in verse number 36. Actually, yeah, that's right. I didn't know if I said 35 on the screens or not, so sorry, Nathan. It says this, actually, I'm going to go back to 35, so I'll just confuse you royally. But it says in 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And then 36, But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Father, I come to you this morning and I'm just going to ask you that you would move in the hearts of each one that is here today. God, would your word pierce the hearts? Would your Holy Spirit move and draw men unto yourself this morning? For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. In verse number 36, again, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And my first thought this morning is simply that, his compassion. We're going to be looking at, over the next several weeks, our, our mission statement, to be and create passionate followers of Christ. Our whole purpose, our goal here at Oasis is that we would fall in love with Christ, that we would become passionate followers of Christ. And that purpose to be is really kind of the, the title of this series, and I'm going I'm to break that down, or the, the title of the sermon, I'm going to break it down over the next three weeks, but to be, our purpose to be what? Followers of Christ. And I want to share with you how you can be a follower of Christ this morning. But I want to look at it like this. In this passage in verse 36, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He had been traveling for some time. He had been, I don't know if you call it a tour, I don't know what you would call it, but Jesus was moving about from, from town to town right there in his little area, and, and he was seeing people uh, come after him. He would heal, he was teaching, he was doing all kinds of things, what Jesus did. And as he had came to this place there was a lot going on. There was people at this time that had followed him because it was just a cool thing to follow. Hey, there's a lot going on. Jesus just healed somebody. Did you see that? Hey, you got to come. Let's follow. Let's watch what he's going to do next. And so the crowd began to get bigger and bigger. Inside of that crowd, there were some people that just hated Jesus. And so they spewed out hatred. They would speak hateful thoughts. They would say hateful things. And so as Jesus was moving about, there was all kinds of different things going on. Can you imagine sitting in a room, something like this, though that's not what it would have been like? Sitting in a room where Jesus was teaching. You have heard 
people speak before. You have heard great men that were able to stand and, and take the Word of God and dissect through it, but then Jesus were to stand in that room. Could you imagine? Do you think there might be a little bit of a difference between me and Jesus speaking? I don't claim to be a great orator. I don't claim to be a, an amazing pastor or preacher. But I will guarantee you this. If I were standing in a room and Jesus were standing in the room, you'd probably want to hear that more than me. Guaranteed. He spoke like nobody else could ever speak. The compassion that he had. The truth that came out of his mouth. The love. All of these things. And they all followed him. But it says here in this passage that he kind of stopped. And he looked out. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. See, his compassion wasn't just because he knew that some of them didn't like them or like him. His compassion wasn't just because as he looked out, he would see somebody that, that had a handicap or he would see somebody over here or he would, he would maybe see somebody kind of off into the distance, just off to themselves. He wasn't moved with compassion because of those things. He was moved with compassion because there was a greater need in their life than just the physical things that he was able to provide. There was a spiritual need that so many of them lacked. Listen, we search for all kinds of things, but the only thing that we really need to sustain us long term is Jesus Christ. That's it. Jesus recognized that, and he said he was moved with compassion. He was moved physically. The word compassion is literally the bowels inside of him. His, his insides were twisted and turned. He was physically altered because of his compassion. I don't know how many of you get anxious. I don't know how many of you are extremely nervous people. I don't know how many of you people are stressful. I don't know how many of you guys get scared easily or whatever it is. But when you have those moments, what does it do? Man, it tears your stomach up, doesn't it? Inside of you, you physically become weakened and you physically feel that stress and that anxiety and that fear i don't know that i've ever been in a place where i've just been completely fearful but i know there's been times in my life where i have my stomach has just completely dropped and i was physically hurting because of a nerve, or because of a situation. That's what Jesus was feeling. His compassion wasn't just that they had issues, all of the things that we talked about. In Matthew chapter 8, and verse 17, it says that he took our infirmities. He took on them. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. He took on those things. Think of some of these things that Jesus has done. He was physically moved with compassion. How about this? This is one of the greatest things that I've loved to study in Scripture is that Jesus wept and sweat drops of blood while he was praying for people. Man, how intense that in the midst of his prayer, he sweat drops of blood thinking of us, people. He physically felt a love for his people or for people. He performed miracles to show his power and that he was God and to point them to the Father, but to show you and I that he is a God of compassion and power. He cared for the hurting and the broken. And listen to this. This is something to me that is, is, is 
it should resonate with all of us. Jesus cared for those not at a distance. He didn't stand off in a distance and he didn't say, hey, um, be healed, be healed, be healed. No, he walked right down into the crowd and the one with the leper, he touched the leper and he healed the leper. He didn't speak it from a distance. Everybody else said the leper need to go into its own colony and don't come out because we're all going to get sick. Jesus came to the leper and touched him. He touched the eyes of the blind. He touched them in their ears so that they can hear. He had compassion, not from a distance. Jesus didn't do it from a distance. He came down too and he went right to them. When the disciples were telling the children, hey, you need to be quiet over there. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Why don't you come and sit around me? He had compassion. He had a love. And as we go into this next thought this morning, this next point, I want to ask you this. Would you accept the compassion that God has for you? Would you accept it? Maybe this morning you sit here and you've not been in church in a long time. Maybe you've never been in church. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior. And I'm pleading with you this morning, would you accept the love and the compassion that God has for you? Some of you sit here and you sit here every single week. I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to think about this throughout the rest of this sermon. Would you give off compassion? Would you look with compassion? See, Jesus looked over the crowd and he was moved with compassion. You know what I do sometimes when I look over the crowd? Eh, I got things to do over here. There is no compassion so many times. Today I want to share that compassion that Jesus has for you. He created us to be in a perfect relationship with him, but our sin hurt him. It was our condition that brought him to a place of completely broken and compassionate towards people. Our condition is the second thought. My nature when somebody does me wrong is to just brush it off and move on or just to get even, right? When somebody does you wrong, you either going to say, you know what, forget them. I'm not going to deal with them ever again, or I'm going to get even with them. Jesus' nature, when we did him wrong, what did Jesus do? He provided a way that we can come back to him. What happened in the garden? When Adam and Eve sinned and they ate the, the fruit, and they ate off that fruit, Jesus kicked them out of the garden because there was a punishment, there was a discipline, and Jesus didn't just walk away. What did he do? He then provided a way for them to come back to him. What do we do? You know what? I've tried so many times. Just get away. Leave me alone. I'm done. Jesus was compassion. He had a, uh, his, our condition this morning as we look at this is what drove Jesus' compassion. It was deeper than just healing. Yes, listen, our church is about reaching out, helping, loving on those that are down and out. The Bible speaks that we should be a father to the fatherless. It speaks that we should help and love on the widows and so on and so forth. But the church is a hospital room for the soul just as much as it is anything else. It is a place that is, a, is to be about sharing the love or with love, the true condition of our soul. And this is exactly what Jesus was doing. When he stands and he says they are like sheep without a shepherd. 
It says in this passage of Scripture, because they fainted and they were scattered abroad. So many people live and walk and talk and go about the majority of their days on this life, of this earth, not fully ever being aware that they are truly aimlessly wandering about every day. Because what are we told and what are we taught? Which is a lie from Satan himself. Is that if I just do enough good things, if I give enough to, not enough, uh, to enough charities, if I work hard enough, if I do this, if I do that, listen, there's a lot of really, really, really good people out there that are doing a lot of good things and they're aimlessly wandering, seeking acceptance and a place to belong that doesn't get them anywhere. Jesus looked out over them and he said, I just want them to, it's not about all those things. It's not about that. Jesus saw the condition of their heart. He saw our condition. He saw that they were slaves in need of being free. He saw that they were sheep caught in a brush. He saw that they were like sheep who had been wounded by the claws or the fangs of a wolf. And Jesus saw them as fainted, distressed, they were troubled. They were harassed. They were battered and bruised. They were mangled and ripped apart. They were exhausted. Jesus saw them inwardly hopeless and it broke him. He saw them as helpless without a shepherd caring for their greatest need. There was nobody that they turned to that they said, I need guidance. I need love. This morning, if there is one thing that we must come to understand, it is our condition outside of Christ. It's our condition outside of Christ. And that's one of those things that should drive us to an understanding that you belong here. Here being this, right in the arms of Jesus Christ. There is no greater place of belonging. There is no other acceptance that we need than the acceptance of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The issue is we must come to understand our condition which is separated from God when we don't know Him as Savior. Jesus was broken not because they were physically sick or they were physically harmed, but Jesus was broken and His compassion was because they were, as sheep having no shepherd, they were spiritually lost. They were separated from God. And they didn't understand their condition. This morning, I, with everything in me, I want you to understand this. Our condition outside of God is sinful and it is separation from Him. When God told Adam and Eve that they should not eat of that tr tree, or the fruit of that tree, that they would, be, they would surely die, that wasn't that they were zapped dead, but that they were separated from God, which is eternal separation. This morning, if we don't ever come to the place of understanding our condition is separated from God, You will forever aimlessly wander, trying to seek the acceptance of this world which does not offer you anything but separation from God eternally. 
This is a place you belong because it is a place that will provide you the truth of the one you belong to in Jesus Christ. It is also a place where real people are coming to meet with a real God. We're not perfect. This pastor is not perfect. I will fail. I will hurt you because I am a human being. But with everything in me, I am striving to walk with God and present the truths of the God's word with you every day to encourage you in your journey with Christ. Our purpose is to be, to be what? A passionate follower of Christ. And today we strive, I'm striving to share with you how you can have the start of that passionate relationship. Jesus looked out again and he was moved with compassion. He was broken because he saw good people moving about aimlessly, seeking acceptance, seeking to make more money, to have more things, to do all the things that this world would tell us that we need to do to be accepted when really all that we need is one thing, and that's Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, have you come to the place where you see your condition as a sheep in need of a shepherd? Have you been asking to belong somewhere but never understood that you needed to belong only in Christ? And I want to share with you this morning as we close, and those of you that have been around Oasis for any period of time, we're going into our third point, and it's 25 after 11. I just want you to take, you can take pictures, you can do whatever you want. You brought a watch. Oh, lunch. But honestly, God gave us, in our condition, He gave us a way out of that condition. He gave us His cross. If we're to continue in this passage of Scripture in verses 37 and 38, which we'll look at later on in the, this series, it says, Then saith He unto His disciples, The harvest is plenty, it truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He will send forth labors into His harvest. I want to I just, one, say this. As a part of You Belong Here, we'll get into some of those pieces, parts over the next two weeks. That yes, there are many people outside of these walls that need a Savior. And yes, they need you to be about the work of the Savior to go and to tell and to share and to love and to bring them in. That is a part of our job and we're going to look at some of those things. But this morning, I want us to stop for a minute and I want us to think... If we go back to chapter 9, and we go back to very, the very first couple verses, it says in verse number 1, And he entered into a ship, and passed over, and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man, sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Let me ask you this question. This was a man sick of the palsy. Palsy would basically, it was an illness that the man would be forever paralyzed forever paralyzed listen Eddie I'm going to talk to you for a minute you are forever paralyzed and here's what Jesus has done for you he's not touched you physically but he saved your soul and eternally you will forever walk with Jesus Christ 
Jesus looked down at that man and Jesus didn't reach down and Jesus didn't touch Eddie. He didn't touch the man that was sick of the palsy. You know what he did? He said, Eddie, your sins are forgiven you. Listen. He didn't have a compassion and a hurt because he saw the physical ailment. He looked down at the man who was physically unable to ever get up and stand and walk on his own two feet. And he said, your sins be forgiven you. Jesus, his compassion wasn't just that we physically would be healed. It wasn't just that you would physically have everything that you would need. It wasn't just that you would have a good job. It wasn't just that you would have all of those things. No, his desire, his heart, his compassion, his brokenness was that our sins would be forgiven. He loved enough that he went down further. And yes, he looked back and he said, arise and walk. We're going to look into that story a little bit next week. But listen, he is not after just all of the physical. He was so moved with compassion that God sent his only begotten son not to heal the lame and to raise them from the dead, but to, but to spiritually give me a hope of everlasting life. Listen, you don't belong here because I'm the greatest preacher. You don't belong here because we're the greatest church. I'll promise you, you can go down the street and there's churches that are doing better things in Oasis because of whatever it is. But I will promise you this. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. And we're going to teach you that there is a condition and that condition is sin. And we don't need all of the stuff. We need a Savior. That's what we need. Listen, John 3.16 says what? And you all know it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's compassion, He loved so much. Not just to physically heal. Listen, I've helped those that are homeless. I've provided meals for people. I've done all kinds of things to the best of my ability and within what I can afford to do. But you know what? Many times, I've also tried to do those same things and I've been cursed at. See, they don't need my food and they don't need my money. They need a Savior. They need a Savior. And as we look at this, and as we close out this morning, I want you to know, I want you to know, God loved so much. God created you, and He created me with one purpose in mind. And it wasn't anything but a relationship with God. He created us that we would know Him intimately. That's it. And as we know Him intimately, we will worship Him all the days of our life. And we will worship Him eternally with Him. Listen, Barbara, Gary is worshiping at the feet of Jesus this morning. For all of eternity. My grandfather, your grandfather's your grandparents, the people that you love that know Jesus Christ, they are forever worshiping. Were they healed physically on this earth? Maybe not. But they are forever worshiping at the feet of Jesus.
I'm humbled at the thought of Romans 5 and verse number 8. That God commendeth His love toward us and that yet, while I was yet sinner, Christ died for me. Listen, while I was standing and spitting in the face of God, that literally means while I hated God, while those men would take that cat of nine tails and rip it on the back of Jesus and rip His flesh out, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus stood there and he took every one of those. Why? Because his compassion was that they would just know his father. This morning I'm pleading with you. I am pleading with you. John 3 and verse 15, before that verse, before the one that we all memorize, it said that whosoever believeth in him. Let me ask you, have you came to the place where you would say, my condition is, has separated me from God. I need to confess and seek forgiveness because my condition is that of sin. And there is nothing that I can do to change that. Only but by coming to know Christ and accepting the fact that He sent His only Son to die upon a cross that in I and when I believe When I stand and say, God, I don't understand it, but I know that I have failed. I know that I'm a sinner. And God, I am pleading with you today. I believe. I believe that you died for me. And there's nothing else I can do but just ask you, would you come? Would you change my life? I don't know how to make you the Lord of my life, but I want to. God, would you show me? This morning, would you be willing to turn from that sin of yours? Believe in Him. Seek Christ in forgiveness that you might know Him and have everlasting life with Him. This morning, would you do that? Church, those of you that sit in this room and you say, yes, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am going to heaven I have faith in Christ. I've followed Him. I am seeking to know Him every single day of my life. Let me ask you this question. I don't wear glasses. I'm under 40 is what I've been told, so I'm all right for now. I don't wear glasses. Some of you do, and if you were to take those glasses off, I would be completely blurred. If you were to take your contacts off, I would be completely blurred. Let me ask you this. You need those physical glasses to make things clear. And this may be one of the cheesiest illustrations you've ever heard, but listen, let me ask you, let me beg you, let me seek, let me just ask that you would seek the face of God and say, God, I just want to see through your eyes and have compassion over the people that I come in contact with every day. God, would you help me to see the way that you see? When I go to the Walmart, when, I go to the, to the, when I'm at home, when I'm at work, when I'm wherever it is that I'm doing, at the ball field, wherever it is, would you help me to see through your eyes, not through mine? Listen, when I see through my eyes, I get frustrated I get really upset and angry at people 
because I want them to understand. I get angry. Do you get angry watching the news? I get angry. I get angry sometimes listening to certain people. But you know what? When I see through the lens of God, I understand this. They haven't come to the place where they've understood their condition. And therefore, they will spit on my God. Help me to see them. One of the men I'm praying for that will come to know Christ as Savior, I see at the coffee shop nearly every time I'm there, and I was standing in line yesterday. He has proclaimed atheism. He was sitting there and he was talking to somebody. And it took everything in me not to just turn around and say, what are you talking about? Because his little friend, whoever he was talking about, and I don't know the whole story of what was going on, but he said, yeah, that church wouldn't take up a love, but they wouldn't take up an offering and give. And he looked at him, he said, yeah, all they are is just a bunch of indoctrinational people. And they're just spewing all the hatred and they just want to indoctrinate people. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, no, I don't want to indoctrinate anybody. I want you to understand that you're close to death. I don't want to indoctrinate you. There's nothing in me that wants to tell you what to do, who to vote for, what to wear, how to live your life. No, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loved you so much. All I want to be is a place to give you the truth of God's word. I don't want to indoctrinate you. I'm the worst pastor in the world. I don't want your money. Yes, we need to function. Yes, we need to pay the bills. Yes, all those things. But no, I want you to fall in love with God. And here's what Jesus did. He said, Would you come to me? Would you come to me? As Jesus was hanging upon a cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't say, God, cast them all out. He didn't say, God, wipe them out. He didn't say anything. What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he stands today, and he speaks into your heart right now. Those butterflies that you're feeling right now, the tug upon your heart right now, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And he says, come to the cross. Come to the cross. This morning, believer, will you look out? Would you look out and ask God that you would see through his lens? Those of you that may sit here this morning and you might say, I don't know God I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. I know of Him. But I've never come to that place. And this morning, I'm asking that today would be the day of your salvation. Would you stop for a moment and say, God, I need you. Church, Maybe somebody in this room this morning, and I don't intend to make you doubt your salvation, but maybe somebody in this room has been coming to church for a really, really long time. And you've played the part, but you've never made it a part of your heart. Would you? Would you come? Don't be embarrassed. If they only knew, listen, if you're a deacon in this room, Dan, if you're a staff member, 
And you would say, I don't know, God. I've played a role. I'm not saying that Dan doesn't know Christ as Savior. But man, if Dan were to walk this aisle and say, I've never made that right, I wouldn't scold him. I would celebrate. I would celebrate. Because that's what we all need. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.